Brian Brothers Podcast. Here are your hosts, David and Michael. Greetings, salutations, and all that jazz. From sunny Orlando, Florida, the city beautiful, this is the Pack Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, David Pack, and with me as always is my brother, Michael. Hello, everybody out there. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, we're back. We didn't stay gone for 18 months or longer. I, you know, I don't know if there was any betting pools out there, but I don't know. We, we, we made it. I'm just as surprised as you are. <laughs> All the naysayers have been proven wrong. Yes, yeah, say nay no more. <laughs> but yeah, we were out of town for a while, and then we had guests, and we ran off and did a variety of things. But now we're back in the regular rotation. Yeah. Finger, fingers crossed, anyway. A little bit of a mini vacation. And uh, did a lot of different things to enjoy ourselves. Hadn't spent, you know, even though we've been coming down to Florida for, I guess, about seven years now. Uh, Yeah, six years, I think. Or six years, something like that. Haven't explored, obviously, every corner of the state. It's a large state, and uh, we're not big travelers, at least locally. So this was an opportunity to try to spread out a little bit more and try to see some of Florida we hadn't seen before. Yeah, and so one of the first things we did was we went over to uh, Webster, Florida, <laughs> for their uh, flea market. I'd never been there before. I'd read about it, and it's supposed to be the biggest one in the state, and so I thought, hey, this is going to be great. So we uh, pulled in, and it, it was definitely crowded, a lot, a lot there to see. Um, but I don't know. I wasn't really bowled over by the selection there. No, when I go to a flea market, I'm looking for people that have dragged stuff out of their closets and cupboards and everything else, and they have no use for it, and they want to get rid of it. And because of that, they really drastically cut the price because the thought of loading it back into their house is so anathema that they want to just get rid of it. And it might be there's something in that pile that I'm interested in, but this... By and large, was not that, at least not the area that we explored first and before we got tired of looking at everything. Yeah, I think maybe, who knows, maybe we just went to the wrong parts, quote-unquote wrong parts of it, because the first place, and where we spent a lot of our time was this, I guess for lack of a term, wholesale district was where we were. There were yes, like stores with thousands of hats of varieties. I, I've never seen more hats in my life than I saw. You could place. have handed out hats to every citizen of Sumter County, I think. There were just hats and more hats stacked on top of hats. It was it was wild, cowboy hats and uh, just regular ball caps and uh, every manner of hat. Yeah, it was, I've never seen the like. And then uh, here's a whole bunch of sunglasses. There, Here's a whole bunch of really, you know, cheap knockoff, you know, wholesale items that you would see at a Big Lots or something or Ollie's even. Right. Here's a whole area with just expired medication and uh, expired food, uh, which, okay, <laughs> I mean, it was definitely at a discount, but I don't want uh, candy from last Halloween. Where's your old toys? Where's your old, you know, comic trinkets. books? Right, yeah. exactly. Glassware, anything. Um, there was a neat, or at least I was impressed with their farmer's market area. Yeah, a variety, wide variety of stuff and very reasonably priced. Right, yeah. You go through one of those farmer's markets and you instantly just want to grab, or at least I want to grab, ingredients for everything. Like I'm going to go home and I'm going to cook up some kind of extravagant meal using these fresh ingredients. And 
Of course, I knew we were going to be gone all day, so that was the convenient excuse. Even if we were running right home, I would have had to come up with another another excuse, but I'm sure I could have, because I always mean well, but I just never quite carry that out to completion. Yeah, the only thing we walked out of there with were some strawberries and blue, uh, blackberries. Yeah, and they were very good. Yeah, in their defense, they were very good. Uh, so kudos for that, but... Then we went to another little market down the road. It, I guess a little another flea market, which was a little more traditional one, like I thought we would have went to. And it had a variety of items, old records and, um, you know, knickknacks and gugaws and all these other little tchotchkes that you could sort through. I don't really remember buying anything there, just more looking more than anything. Got a really questionable hot dog and maybe a handful of chips for lunch, so... Yeah, they did have a place where you could buy lunch there, and it was just passable. It wasn't amazing, but it wasn't terrible. Um, I mean, it was it was fine. Uh, I think maybe we had our hopes set too high when they said this was the largest flea market of the first place we went to, because that's a very charged term for us, flea market, because we grew up in uh, southern West Virginia, and there was a flea market every Thursday um, in a nearby town that we would go to, and that was always, you know, a good way to spend several hours just walking up and down the uh, the rows and looking at the different things that people had uh, for for sale, um, like an old Atari twenty six hundred cartridges and uh, action figures and things of the like, trading cards or whatever. Right, so it was Bevel's Market. That's where we went to after the Webster Market. Okay, yeah, I'm glad you remembered the name of that because I had no clue. Yep. And then from there, we headed off to Wiki-Wachi Springs. I hope I'm saying that right. I think I, I am. How else could you say it? It sounds Wiki-Wachi. That's just fun to say anyway. <laughs> Even if it's wrong, that's how they should say it. I think it is because they were actually playing a song at one point. We were there and actually talked about Wiki-Wachi. So I assume they wrote it just for that place. And I don't know the etymology of that phrase, if that's has any native tradition or if that's what has to, right? Right. Yeah. I would think so. It almost sounds Hawaiian. And so that's what I thought, you know, did they just say Wiki because it was like, uh, you know, Waikiki or something. Uh, but who knows? We, um, went around there and I guess the big doings there was the mermaid show, which is what we saw. Right. Yeah. I guess they're famous for that. They've been doing that since what the fifties, I think. Yeah. I found out that my uh, grandparents actually came down and the uh, I think it was in the 50s or 60s, and actually saw the show. So this is me 60 years later <laughs> seeing the same show, which is pretty crazy. Right, yeah. So you you pay at the gate, and then you can go in. They have a water park on the right when you first yeah, go in. Yeah, we didn't do that. No, we did not partake in the water park. But then the actual park proper... Um, it's they, not very big. It's not. No, it's not. I was going to just say it's... It's not as impressive. I mean, certainly once you start going to theme parks and even other amusement parks, this is lower than Camden Park. There, <laughs> there are no rides except for one boat cruise that takes you up and down the river for about 15 minutes right. both ways. I mean, that's like eight minutes both ways, one way and 15 minutes both ways. Yeah, not not too much there. The, the biggest draw, yeah, was the Mermaid Show, which they were doing a reenactment of the Little Mermaid, kind of... Uh, Loose interpretation of it in some ways. But it's kind of weird to see the mermaids, quote-unquote, performing in the water because they're doing all these flips and dives and things. But they've got these 
for lack of a better term, air pipes that they carry around with them and just take a draw from that air pipe every once in a while so they can continue to perform without servicing. Yeah, I want to say maybe this was more impressive in the past when they would be more apt to hold their breath for several minutes and, oh, look, they're mermaids, they don't need to breathe, as opposed to just taking a, a drag off this uh, <laughs> oxygen a pipe, uh, every seemingly breathing more than we were. Uh, so I don't know. I can't judge. I'm sure I'd be flailing and you know afraid of drowning even after weeks of practice. So I can't say too much. But I would recommend it if you've never been. You know, check it out. It's a very almost like stepping back in time. Think of what a vintage uh, tourist attraction in Florida would look like before any of the parks, theme parks were here, or anything like that. So uh, I would recommend it. Yeah, yeah, it's neat. It's something that everybody should see at least once just to say you've done it. There's a uh, a lot to see in the park with, you know, a little trail you can walk and they have peacocks walking around and they have a restaurant I didn't eat at, but apparently you can eat there. And um, yeah, I got some M&Ms. That's about it. Oh yeah, I guess they had a little candy <laughs> stand too. So you took advantage of that. But it was, it was fun. It was a fun time. Yeah. We were there with our uh, parents who were visiting for a while and they like antique stores. So we went to a couple of those as well. We went to one in Melbourne, which was quite quite large, really, uh, just went on and on, twists and turns, and they had just about everything you could imagine there. Yeah, it was something where they had the different aisles identified as streets or avenues or something, so you could somewhat get your bearings, but even then, it almost felt at one point like they had built on to mm-hmm. the building, and so it wasn't quite aligned correctly with the rest of the walls, and so... It, it interrupted your flow of where you were going. And then it just almost seemed like there was a cutout from one building to the next as opposed to a, a fully open space. And that made it even more difficult uh, from that one section to the left as you went in. It was just kind of a little strange that way. And there was like no one there too. We almost had the place to ourselves, it felt like. There were some people who would filter in every once in a while, but it was largely empty there in Melbourne. Yeah, it was it was a fun time. If you like looking through antique stores, it's certainly not for everybody. As I'm getting older, I realize I'm getting old. <laughs> and as far as like, you know, hey, this is a pretty entertaining way to spend my time. Or, uh, yeah, I can uh, watch uh, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, and this is a great, you know, choice. Can you imagine going to that antique store when you were like seven? No, I think I would have been... <laughs> really frustrated with my life and I probably would have knocked something expensive over it just would not have been a good deal I would have been insufferable there probably just trying to complain about why are we still here when are we going to leave and go do well anything exactly trying to latch on to something that's way too expensive and that I don't understand it's not worth the money uh it just would have been a bad deal (laughs) All right, but enough boring. You know, this sounds about as entertaining as showing pictures of your vacation to someone. So I think we're providing a valuable service here. I think people <laughs> may not know about these different areas around Florida, and now they have a better idea of whether or not they want to do them. Okay. Well, having said that, though, we will move on, and we're going to be uh, debuting a brand new segment, uh, which will be—I don't know if it'll be every time we do this, but it'll be semi—you know—regular. Not every one, but maybe every other one. But maybe every one. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Anyway, without further ado, it's called, What Was That About? Yeah, that's just something where, you know, we tend to take deep dives into certain pop culture or 
nostalgic topics or areas. And sometimes, you know, I could do a whole episode on that, but sometimes I don't feel like doing a whole episode on that. So this is meant to be a shorter segment that skims the surface and things that were just, why was this so popular? What was that about? Right, we've done whole episodes on just even one movie or one show or whatever. So, uh, but we don't want to dig that deep into this one and, you know, for obvious reasons or for various reasons, we'll talk about it. But uh, today, what, what are we talking about for what was that about? What was that about today is uh, Crocodile Dundee. So Crocodile Dundee, if you are uh, probably less than 30 years old, you may not even know who Crocodile Dundee is. That's fine. Maybe if you're under you know, 40, you don't know who Crocodile Dundee is. That's also fine. Uh, is Crocodile Dundee was not a crocodile. We can go ahead and start there. <laughs> that's good. That's important to point out. <laughs> uh, it, it was a movie um, that was, what, 1986? 1986, that's 19- correct. Yeah, okay. So we're looking at 37 years ago now. And it was a, you know, it seems like it took the country by storm for a while. Everything was just all Australia all the time, thanks to Paul Hogan's portrayal as uh, Michael Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, Michael J. Dundee. Yeah. Um, a lot of people call him Mick, though. Mick, should we start calling you Mick? <laughs> I would prefer you not do right. that. And then we you can won't. call me Mike. You can call me Michael. Don't call me Mick. All right. Or Crocodile. Yeah. You haven't earned the name. <laughs> I have not earned that honorific, uh, that sobriquet of Crocodile. So my question to you is, what was that about? You know, I don't know completely. <laughs> All right. Next uh, segment. But that's now. what we're going to dig into a little bit. So basically, uh, it, well, it started out with the, the guy who plays Crocodile Nundies. name is Paul Hogan. Okay. Sometimes referred to as Hogs. In his native Australia, <laughs> oh. I guess is like a, a nickname. But he was he started out as a construction worker. Okay, and uh, he he was uh, one that you know was obviously unknown at the time before the uh, the movie came out. But he somehow got involved with this Crocodile Dundee movie. Well, no, he started off with a, a show called New Faces that was in uh, Australia. It was something that was kind of like your America's Got Talent. Or like a Star Search kind of thing? Well, I mean, I say, Star, I say Star Search, nobody knows what Star Search is. Yeah, you, you're not I would helping say out like anybody with America's that. Got Talent. Sure, we'll keep it semi-recent semi anyway. Right, so anyway, he, he was, uh, it was in construction, and there was this show that was out called uh, New Faces. And it was kind of cruel. You know, it, was, uh, it, it was started in 71, and it was a talent show. But it was popular because the show was really based on these cruel comments the judges would make to contestants. And they were ridiculing them to the point of tears. Think about, like, Simon Cowell and the American Idol when it first started before they stopped being mean to everybody. Okay, almost like a gong show. Thing, kind of, like yeah, but then they would just really ridicule the uh, the um, the contestants. Hogs didn't like that, uh, and so he wrote into the show and claimed to be a knife throwing tap dancer. <laughs> a knife throwing tap dancer. Yes. And so when it, his cane his turn to perform, he instead stood on the stage and mocked and insulted the judges. Mm, so he gave them a little taste of their own medicine, right? And his performance was a hit. Oh, okay, so people liked seeing them getting 
jabbed, hoisted by their own petard, as it were. <laughs> yeah, we're using all kinds of strange sl- sl- uh, slang and lingo today. Yeah, I'm so. trying to fit as many. I want people to go back and listen to this and say, what do they say, sober K? Right, yeah, we're trying to broaden everybody's minds when we talk about boring uh, and strange uh, <laughs> information <laughs> like this. This is a word builders episode. It is, yeah. So anyway, he uh, he started getting a little bit of celebrity acclaim, if you will, uh, from that. He parlayed that into uh, some television performances. He started doing commercials for cigarettes and uh, other uh, Australian brands of... Uh, like Foster's and things like that. Okay, but he was really only known in Australia. Nobody knew about Paul Hogan or Hogues, as he was called, outside of uh, the land down under, I would imagine. Exactly, right, right. Until uh, he started doing a... um, Well, he actually, for a while, he had his own show, the Paul Hogan show. It's kind of like a (laughs) Benny Hill uh, skit show, a variety show, uh, and he did that through... 80, he did that from 73 to 84. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so it was quite popular in Australia. And he became the spokesman for Foster's, which is, you know, Australian for beer, apparently, in uh, <laughs> 82 to 84. He oh, was doing okay. that. So now we're ramping right up to the Crocodile Dundee craze. We, exactly. We're getting close to Crocodile Dundee craze. And then he started working uh, with the uh, Mojo ad campaign, or the ad agency, excuse me. Okay. And he became the spokesman for the Wonders Down Under campaign. They're trying to get people to get to Australia, I guess? This was an Australia tourism campaign that aired in the United States. And they selected Hoag's, Paul Hogan, to be their spokesman. Okay. Do we have a clip that we can hear of that? I would love to hear him talk me into coming down to Australia. You know that we do. So so I will go ahead and play that. All right. Thank you so much. This is one of the original 1984 Predating Crocodile Dundee by two years, uh, Paul Hogan wondered, come and say good day, ad. All right, come and say good day. Go ahead. America, you look like you need a holiday, a fair income holiday. In the land of wonder, the land down under. Now, there's a few things I've got to warn you about. Firstly, you're going to get wet because the place is surrounded by water. Oh, and you're going to have to learn to say good day. Because every day's a good day in Australia. G'day, Paul. G'day, love. Apart from that, no worries. You'll have the time of your life in Australia. Because we talk the same language. Although you lot do have a funny accent. Come on. Come and say g'day. I'll slip an extra shrimp on the barbie for you. So did he just say that he was going to slip an extra shrimp on the barbie for me? Yes, he did. (laughs) (laughs) And that phrase originated with the series of commercials. Uh, so it's so, I mean, when people say, I'll throw a shrimp on the barbie, ha, 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 that's, you know, an Australian thing to say. That's where it, it came from. Right. It's not an Australian thing to say. They would say a prawn instead of a shrimp. <laughs> so they just, let's American this up for these tourists. Right. They're too dumb. So we're going to say shrimp because that's what they say. Oh, Which well. I don't even like shrimp. That's not going to really uh, excite me about going to Australia. Well, it's interesting to know that that's where that phrase came from, though. It is, yeah. I do think that's an interesting bit of trivia as far as that goes. Uh, but anyway, he, he gets enough money to, and he wants to make a movie. And so the result of that uh, investment in this time, he uh, worked with his long-term partner that he worked with on his show to create Crocodile Nandi. Because I was looking, because we watched this recently, to prepare for this, and 
I believe he was like involved with the screenplay even. Yeah, he was uh, one of the uh, writers uh, of the film. So he leads it, he writes it, and he just, uh, he can do it all. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and the budget was, it was less than $10 million to make this. Thing. Oh, you couldn't tell at all. Those crocodiles look so real. <laughs> You know, but it, it did very well. And this is why I'm talking about this, because what was this all about? Um, it was the number two movie in America that summer. <laughs> I can't believe that. I remember thinking, like, everyone had seen this movie when it came out. It was so huge. It was. It was really huge. It, 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 is the, uh, it, it was number two only to Top Gun that summer. You had people want, you know, pretending to be flying airplanes and talking Australian all summer. It was crazy. Right. And it, it made $174 million in America. <laughs> um, it, it made uh, 47 Australian dollars. It's the highest grossing film of all time in Australia, in Australia well, still. That, that makes sense. Right. Uh, it surpassed E.T., <laughs> <laughs> which was the previous record holder. Uh, uh, that, that's amazing. I mean, it's not that good of a movie. It, is, it really I'll, isn't. I'll go so far as to say it's not a very good movie. Yeah, you know, we did check the movie out in anticipation of making this podcast to see if there's anything else from the film that we wanted to discuss. And as David said, it is not really that great of a movie. Um, it's got its entertaining parts, I guess, but it's very much built on this premise of the lead actress... Uh, is a fish out of water in the Australian outback. And then you get Crocodile Dundee is a very much a fish out of water to a certain extent in New York, yeah. downtown New York. And he has a lot of interactions there, some that have not aged well at all. They could not make this movie today. I'll just leave it there. Watch the movie. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, or don't, and just take our word for it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there, there's certainly... Different aspects of humor uh, from 86 to 2023 that people appreciate more or less. <laughs> Some very much less. But uh, this wasn't their only Crocodile Dundee they made. Oh, no, no, that's the weird part. Yeah, they made actually several Crocodile Dundee movies. Which I, uh, I know uh, they made two. I'm pretty sure I've seen two, and it is oh, terrible. Yeah, I have not seen two in years. Um, I know that it was not... Uh, as exciting. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, they made it for 14 million bucks, uh, but still, it, it did not do very good. No. Um, and, but it did well, capture a little bit of the interest of everyone that summer. It was that and Top Gun. Those were the, the two big things that summer, as I recall. Yeah, right. And then it was just kind of a short-lived, some, well, I guess you could say short-lived. There's been several movies made from it, I guess. Um, I was trying to find those that list of movies, and I had it, and I can't find it. But they made uh, one of them was he was in L.A., wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was him and his son. Um, let me find that really quickly. <laughs> um, but I know that the uh, the reception for the uh, second movie was not that good. Yeah, the third one was came out in two thousand one. It was Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles, which I know I haven't seen that one. Right, and I know that they also made one, strangely enough, in uh, 2000. 2000? That's no, I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. Um, let me find it. It was, it was, I, no, it was like a few years ago. It was the, uh, 
the very excellent Mr. Dundee. So when did that come out? It, that came out in 2020. Sorry, yeah, 2020, which this looks like a hot mess. I don't, I've never seen it before, but you've got Chevy Chase is in this movie. John Cleese is in this movie. Olivia Newton-John, Wayne Knight. Um, there's a lot of people in this movie that you would not think necessarily would be in this movie. That's strange. Are you still, is he Crocodile Dundee in this movie, or is he just Paul Hogan in this movie? Uh, I don't, I've never seen it, so I really don't know. I don't know. Um, I imagine he's, I guess he's, if he's the very excellent Mr. Dundee, I don't know. It says Paul Hogan is reluctantly thrust back into the spotlight as he desperately attempts to restore his slated reputation on the eve of being knighted. So I guess it's more, uh, I don't know what you'd call this, a strange take on his life and how he's had to adapt to being that actor. Very, very odd. I don't know if I'll be watching it or not. It just might be too weird for me. Yeah, I don't think this is for me. I'm not sure who this is for, but uh, it's probably not for me. But it was weird because you'd see people speaking in Australian accents. You know, that's a knife. That, that, <laughs> that's not a knife. That, that, that was such a huge... That must have been in the trailer. And they must have played that trailer tons of times because I don't know how many times I've heard somebody say, that's not a knife, that's a knife. And uh, it's, you know, just as funny as the first time, I guess. <laughs> or, or not, as or, the case may be. Right. But yes, well, at least we know now that's what that was about. Then that's what that was about. If, <laughs> if you want to uh, speak Australian, here's a fun game you can play. Say the word rise, R-I-S-E, and then say the word up, U-P, and then say the word lights, L-I-G-H-T-S. So rise up lights. If you say it fast enough, you sound like you're from Australia saying razor blades. Rise up lights. Exactly. Rise up lights. <laughs> Rise up lights. So, yeah, there's a way you can practice your Australian accent. All right, I'll keep that in mind. It may come in handy someday. Absolutely. I'm sure it will. <laughs> so on the snack front, um, not too much has been going on. I uh, tried a new cereal recently. Little Debbie put out a Nutty Buddy cereal. Actually, Kellogg put it out. Uh, but it's based on Little Debbie Nutty Buddy snack cakes. Uh, Those are good. Yeah, well, those are good. The cereal is okay. It's very chocolate and not so much peanut butter. Yeah, I know. I was going to say the same thing. It's very much a chocolatey cereal. Yeah. I don't get a lot of uh, peanut butter from it. It also has a weird mouthfeel, too, when you're eating it. It's just kind of like it almost coats my mouth. Yeah, it's like a, I don't know how to say it. It's, it's a soft-tasting cereal. It, it, it feels soft in your mouth. I mean, it's crunchy, but just the, the pieces themselves don't have a lot of texture on the front end. So it's a strange cereal to eat. Yes, it is. Um, but, you know, if you like Nutty Buddies, I would still say try it out. If you like chocolate, definitely try it out because that's most of what you get. Uh, also, uh, we found the Peeps, Peepsy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Pepsi missed a trick by not calling that Peepsy. So they have to be kicking themselves a little bit. Or maybe they're contractually required to call it Pepsi. I don't know what the problem was. Anyway, it's Pepsi Cola, but it's also got a, a marshmallow Peeps flavoring in it. So imagine uh, if you had some Pepsi and you took a bite of Peeps and you kind of mixed it together. 
That's what it would taste like, and it does taste like that. It's got a very marshmallowy taste. It's sweet, sweet, sweet as anything. So if you don't like really sweet stuff, I wouldn't recommend it. But if you like Peeps and you like Pepsi, I don't know how you wouldn't like it. Yeah, I don't know um, that I got so much marshmallow as I did just sweet, uh, like the crystally outside of a Peeps, but maybe that's what I was expecting to taste, and so that's what I made myself think of. Right. Um, I guess Peeps don't really taste like marshmallow per se. They taste just, they taste like a Peeps. Yeah, that's what I was going to just say, that there's not, I wouldn't think like a Jet Puffed or some kind of traditional campfire marshmallow tastes much like a Peep or vice versa, but I will say it tasted like a Peeps. Mixed with a Pepsi, so as advertised. Any other snacks we need to be looking out for? I saw something today that, and I don't know how to pronounce it, Van Leeuwen maybe, who does the ice cream. I know in the past we've tried their macaroni and cheese ice cream. Yes. Which was as advertised. Uh, Charitably, I guess you could say, no, no, it's like a cheesecake. It's supposed to be good, but it was just kind of strange. Yeah, it's a little too salty. Yes. Um, so they've come out with a new flavor that's uh, malted milkshake and french fry, which has got little chunks of french fry in uh, with the ice cream. Hmm. I don't know about that. This is, I guess, for the people who dip their french fries in their Frosty or who somehow want to mix their french fry side with their milkshake drink. Okay, and I've heard of people, you know, dipping their fries in their Frosty or in their milkshake or whatever, so it's not like it's a completely foreign concept, but I just don't know how that's going to translate well to, um, like, a frozen confection like that. I mean, the fries would normally be at least warm, if not, you know, hot even. So if you've got cold fries with cold ice cream, I just I don't know what it's going to be like if I am have a big bite of fry <laughs> French fry with my ice cream. Right. I don't want it to be mashed potato right. in the middle of my ice cream, which is what I'm afraid it would be just based on the temperature. I think, you know, it's one of those things I don't want to buy a whole uh, quart or whatever size they sell those in pint to try it I, I just for a spoon or two. So I might have to pass on that one. I know we recently picked up a, a pint of the fudge round ice cream that's along that same lines that Little Debbie has put out. Mm-hmm. And we have not tried that yet, but it's something we're looking forward to. We did try the birthday cake one, and that was pretty good. Yeah, as advertised, if you like the birthday cake, snack cakes, you know, it's pretty much like that with some sort of semi-birthday cake-flavored ice cream, mostly like vanilla to me more than anything, but it was a good mix. Like a sweet, sweeter vanilla, maybe. Yeah, the fudge round looks very fudgy and round, so... <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> Wow, Yeah. Really good job on that. I, I, that was one of my favorite um, snack cakes as a kid. So how can that be anything but delicious? Yeah, they can keep making ice creams of snack cakes, you know, forever. And I, I won't complain. All right. Or they can start making snack cakes that taste like ice cream. <laughs> That's right. As long as we don't want anything to taste like what it's supposed to taste like. We want it to taste like something else. Right. That's just, I guess, a first world problem or a first world desire. I really don't know. Uh, On the fast food front, something to keep your eye out for. The rumor is uh, March 9th, uh, the Bacon Club Chalupa is coming back to Taco Bell, which is almost, you know, my favorite thing that they had. It's my second favorite item that they've ever had, the Bacon Club Chalupa. Right. I did enjoy this when it was out. I'm glad to hear that it might be coming back. That's good news. 
It's not my number one, as you said, but it's it's very good. Now, yeah, if they bring back rolled chicken tacos, then we are we're talking. Yeah, Taco Taco Bell. I know you listen every week, or whenever we do these, you never say anything, but I just can tell. So bring back the rolled chicken tacos, please. Uh, we need these in our lives. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're done. I do think that we've. I'm looking at the list I put together before we started, and I, I don't have anything else to add. I, I could throw a lot more Paul Hogan information at you, but really, who wants that? Uh, unless it was, you know, earth-shattering, groundbreaking. I, I don't know. It's not. It's oh. not earth-shattering or groundbreaking or earth-breaking and ground-shattering. Nothing. None of that. All right. Well, then, we'll just go ahead and cut it there. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. You know, if you haven't followed us on Facebook, I don't know how you found us, but if you if you haven't, then go to Facebook and search for Pack Bros Podcast, P-A-C-K-B-R-O-S Podcast, and you'll find us there, or you can go to packbrospodcast.com, or you can go to packbrospodcast.gmail.com and email us anything. Whoever emails us something there, the first email that comes in, and you say, talk about this, I don't care what it is. I'll talk about it. Yeah, but that's a big that's a big statement. So it yep. could be something really strange. But you're willing to do that. I'm willing to do that. Yep. So <laughs> just just to, if nothing else, to see if the email actually still works. Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> Let me throw out one piece of uh, how popular was this? Okay, um, this is a little teaser at the end here. Right. So Paul, <laughs> what must have been a really weird year. Um, the 1987 Academy Awards were hosted by Chevy Chase, Goldie Hawn, and Paul Hogan. Why was Paul Hogan there? Just because he was Crocodile Dundee? I imagine it was because he was Crocodile Dundee. So yeah, he, uh, he helped host the Oscars that year. Well, well, you know, if you watch Crocodile Dundee, you can see how it, it was like a snub not to include it for... Uh, consideration. <laughs> I know, I know. And uh, the, uh, clearly he wanted to get his revenge on the Academy. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the Oscars, but it just seems strange that he would even be there. Uh, although, looking at the other hosts, maybe it makes more sense than I'm letting on. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, like I said, that's all we have this time. So um, until next time, um, I don't know. <laughs> May all your days be circus days. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>